You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Longer the exhale is afterwards, the better the coffee. I've taught my daughter how to do that. What's that? Inadvertently. Oh, the, the ah, after you drink, <laughs> she uh, she a mimicker? Yeah, she is just a little bit. We um, I was feeding her yesterday. She likes to drink her water out of her little sippy cup, and now we do this thing where we cheers each other. And so I tink my water bottle on her sippy cup. Oh, and we'll just sit there and eat. And she's like, "We drink our water now," and I'm like, oh, "Okay." And so we'll drink, and you know, I'll finish up and go, ah, and she'll go. Oh, and get, go on to her thing. That's adorable. Yeah, they're at the good age now, right? Where you can like train them to do things. Well, it's still two, and so we're getting a lot of no and a lot of mood swings. Uh, stop, right? A, a I lot believe. of stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of while I'm trying to change her, she's like kicking and <laughs> you know, just her head. She's like Christopher Lambert. Like, I was gonna say a little <laughs> Lambert going on there. <laughs> that's it. My child is the Highlander. That's uh, that's scary. Actually, I feel like your Tommy Wiseau is gonna compete with your Christopher Lambert. They're very similar. <laughs> that's my Tommy Wiseau. Well, all right, let, let's do an A B test. A, a laugh off. A yeah. la- okay, a laugh let's off. hear a Christopher Lambert. <laughs> all right, very distinct. And now you're Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more. Le- it's like if Christopher Lambert took a quaalude. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like if Christopher Lambert took a drink before he started laughing, because <laughs> it's like he's a little dry. It's a little. <laughs> so what'd you do this weekend? Oh God damn it! I thought we were gonna get away from that. No, we're not. Can't escape the weekend talk. No. Uh, you know what? We stayed inside to escape uh, uh, Blizzard tw- yeah. 2018 uh, and played a lot of video games. The I winter, was, the winter bomb. I was telling you about that. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. For, please do yourself a favor. It's fourteen dollars right now on on Xbox Live or what? What do you have? You have Xbox? You have I've got them all. PlayStation. Well, I've there you go. Got them all. Take your pick, but I know it's on sale right now, um, and it's the best fourteen dollars you will spend. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's a it's is it like Monkey Island. It's not. No, it's not. It's it's certainly not funny is at it, all. Oh, uh, is but it, it like is the Seventh Guest? Very emotional. It kind of is like Seventh Guest. All yeah, right, you're not. So. It's not like Doom. You're not running around with a gun no, you're not I, shooting like puzzles and stuff and... yeah but more so just like you're discovering this backstory um oh. and it's got a very uh is it an actual game or is it one of those things where like you're listening to somebody play out a story a little bit but so... but you're controlling and you're walking through and you're discovering as they go but the the way that you interact with it um it, it's basically you're you're finding out your family's history you're this 17 year old girl named edith finch mm-hmm. uh and uh you're you're figuring out your family's history and there's a curse on your family where everybody kind of dies young. And so they take you through the whole family tree as you're kind of going through this house and discovering diaries and figuring out clues. Uh, and uh, it's really dark because you're watching children die, basically, and kind of figuring <laughs> out how that happened. What a crazy story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, genealogy.com, the video game. Sounds it's amazing. exactly what it is. Yeah, it's, it's your tree. I, uh, I downloaded a game. Yeah? Uh, two of them, actually. Mm. Uh, first, on the Switch, I downloaded The Mummy Demastered. Oh, yes. So it's the tie-in to the Tom Cruise Mummy movie. <laughs> this game's fantastic. It's The game that nobody asked for. N- the game that nobody asked for, but we're happy we got. Because it's very much Metroidvania, Ooh. where you play some soldier that's going into the crypt of the mummy or whatever, and like everything's gone to shit, and so then you get all these abilities that let you into different rooms and... Find other power ups and stuff. I, I love that. Castlevania, Metroid. Yeah. That's totally up my alley. Me too. This game is like a, a loving homage to all those. My favorite uh, format. Yeah. Uh, I know. And what because was it? Because we've talked about it. What was the other one? Uh, it's called 
keep talking and nobody explodes. It's for PlayStation VR. So oh. one person's wearing the VR goggles uh-huh. and what they have in front of them is a bomb. And then on the TV screen, everybody else who's playing, they have like schematics for bombs. And so the person with the VR goggles is supposed to like describe what the bomb looks like. Huh. And the people that are looking on the TV screen going through the schematics are trying God, to tell it's... you like, oh, it's this bomb. This is how you diffuse it and do this stuff. That's pretty ingenious because that's how every VR game I've seen kind of plays out anyway. One person is is seeing their point of view and everybody else is yelling at them yeah. <laughs> what to do. Just to do stuff. That's no, like when Jason and I played Star Trek. Yes, pretty much. like, okay, decelerate. Target this thing, go in there. So yeah, they're they're basically taking the best of each one and uh, and putting that nice. together. Recommend that one? Uh, yeah, I'd love to bring it over sometime. I was so going to say all... that's kind of a four hundred fifty dollars investment, isn't it, to play that game? <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite ready to make that. Yeah, jump. no, don't don't do that. All right, let me let me bring it by. Hey, speaking of bombs, <laughs> this is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. <laughs> Mine's Joel, and this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies, sometimes they're bad movies. Mm. No matter what the case, every week we will watch a movie and then dissect it, pull it apart. Find out what it did right, what it did wrong, how we would remake it, and try to put it back together. Uh, and sometimes we are fortunate enough to have somebody join us. Yeah. And uh, this week we have Jared Seaman. Oh, hi, Jared. Oh, hi, Jared. <laughs> oh, hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's welcome, the, welcome. Uh, the writer director of a uh, an homage to the room called The Roof that's playing right now at the Pocket Sandwich Theater. Uh, they have what? You have two more shows, right? This weekend. Yeah, we got one more weekend coming up, Friday and Saturday night, late night at Pocket. Cool. Nice. Well, tell us a little bit about how this came about, and then we'll, we'll dive into the movie. So I had never seen The Room until about six months ago. Ah. Um, friend of ours, uh, Jenny Seidel, uh, had an idea for doing a, a stage version of it. And so she brought me and uh, our other uh, producer, Melly Torres, in on a bad movie night. We watched uh, The Room and Troll 2 back-to-back. So oh, God. Those <laughs> oh are my, my gosh. These are my two favorite bad movies, though. So it was a lot of fun. Anyway, so she told me about the idea, and I went home that weekend, watched it twice more, like on Saturday oh and Sunday. Of your own volition? Or, yeah, uh... yeah. And then that week, I just pounded out a script really quick. Nice. And then, yeah, we got got together, kind of tweaked it a little bit, and then started asking people, hey, uh, <laughs> would you want to be in this thing? <laughs> and yeah, surprisingly, everybody was uh, was really excited to do something this horrible. You know? <laughs> it's <laughs> well, funny, it's but... perfect timing. Like, did yeah. you know the Disaster Artist was coming out? Was it yeah. looming? Okay. It was getting some buzz already, and mm-hmm. we wanted to, you know, kind of strike while the iron was hot. And Perfect then, timing. Yeah, exactly. We were going to try and push it up as far as we as early as we could, but there was already a show in the slots. We got the first slot that we could right after New Year's. So Perfect timing. Yeah, yeah. We had a really good response this weekend, so so we're pretty excited. We got uh, yeah two more shows left, so you know. We'll, uh, Where can people get tickets? They can get it at pocketsandwich.com, but I mean, if they come up to the door, you know, we're going to be able to squeeze some people in. So. Nice. Can't wait. I'm going on the 20th. Yeah? yeah. All right. We'll 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 do a date. Oh, will we'll we get the, get the misses? That'll be fun. Yeah, we're down for some. We'll check it out for some the roof. All right. So first, let's let's talk about the room. Mm. That's what we're here for. We're talking about Tommy Wiseau's the room. Now, Joe, I just have to say before we jump into it, like uh, we we've brought this up before doing this film on this podcast. Yeah. And you were you were tentative, very tentative, because yeah. this is the movie that like every podcast that talks about movies or bad movies, right. They all talk about the room. So cliche. And I figured, like, what is it? What can we bring to the discussion that hasn't already been talked about? And I found Jared, <laughs> who put together a stage version of the room. So we brought him in. Yeah. And, like, that's that's going to be, that's our key. And with James Franco winning the Golden Globe for Best Actor. And, uh-huh. uh, man, that's the other thing. I don't think anybody thought this was going to be an award nominee, much less a winner. Well, the, the disaster artist. The disaster artist in the room are two completely different things. Right. No, no, but I'm saying, but still just a parody starring, you know, your stoner buddies, James Franco and Seth Rogen. Yeah. Like the last time they went out with the interview, 
you know, that, that, that well, movie did didn't get seen see, by a lot of people. Did you ever see the, uh, um, oh gosh, what's his name? He did uh, 28 Days Later. Uh, Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. Mm-hmm. Did you see his movie that he did with uh, James Franco? 127 That's hours? what it is, 127 hours. I did not because I know the subject matter. And yeah, I can't it's bring intense, myself to, that's what but it's fantastic. Yeah? Like anybody who doubts that James Franco is a good actor oh, yeah. needs to watch that movie. Well, my first exposure to James Franco was, of course, in Spider-Man before I kind of knew him. from. And then it I, wasn't Freaks and Geeks? I, I saw Superbad afterwards. No, no. I, oh, shit. Uh, and then I was like, oh, this guy's funny. Yeah. After I'd known him as... Uh, <laughs> as Harry Osborn? Green Goblin, yeah. Hobgoblin? <laughs> Which one is he? Kind of, he's kind of Green Goblin 2.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put some. It's in the gray area there. Yeah, he's the Gray Goblin. The Gray Goblin. <laughs> That's very good. Fifty Shades of Goblin. <laughs> that is a porno waiting to happen. <laughs> goblin, what? Get that. Get that URL, somebody. <laughs> Hashtag Fifty Shades of Goblin. So okay, so the room. I I really don't even know where to start because Joel, Jared, I don't know what the fuck this movie's about. It's just a love triangle. It's a, it's a simple love triangle told in the most convoluted way possible. Yes. <laughs> and told repeatedly <laughs> and told with questions that are asked and not answered. Right. And scenes that completely just go past each other and a whole lot of information that nobody needed, like how to buy flowers. Yeah. And what do you do when a drug deal goes wrong? Or when it's, your mom uh, has breast cancer. You know. <laughs> and like... Like it comes up as a as a plot of it, like that. It's true. I've got breast cancer, <laughs> and then like nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. In fact, there's a bit in the Disaster Artist where they talk about it. The actress who plays her is like, I don't. That never comes back. I don't know why that's even in there. <laughs> See, so that's confusing because I know that the he was Tommy Wiseau was kind of like rewriting and uh, the script as they were shooting. Mm-hmm. It took him six months to shoot this, which I think Titanic took that amount of time. Wow. There's the scene with Chris R where he's got the gun and he's he's. Uh, trying to get the drug money from Denny. Yeah. Again, another subplot that is never answered. Uh-huh. Um, that they shot twice. They shot in an alley and then decided, or he decided at some point, well, let's shoot it on the roof. It'll look much better in this set that we screen. have. With the green screen. <laughs> but that's the best scene in the movie because yes. uh, Chris R. is the only person who knew his entire character. He had he had all the pages. That's right. So he had, he had his entire arc <laughs> so he could really play all the levels. I would argue one of the best actors in this film. He's a good well. actor. He's a good yeah. in Disaster Artist. He's played by uh, Zac Efron. Who, no way! Who With, knocks it the fuck out? Yeah, oh, I love him. <laughs> I gotta see this movie. You don't even really realize it's Zac Efron until the end scene where they're watching the movie, and he, you just see his face because he's he's got the beanie on, he's got the goatee, and you don't really recognize him. Oh, but then great. in the theater, you're like, oh shit, that was him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the um, the movie plays out. I I wrote a play, a one act play in high school. And like it was about these two kids. They were my age at the time, and like the. It, in fact, I had evolved that play into something else recently that I feel like is like a huge failure on my part. <laughs> but uh, but like look it forward was to just, seeing that. It was no, you'll never see the that it'll never see the light of day. Oh. The uh, but everything was so important. These two kids and like their world and everything that was going on was the most important thing that was going on. The thing I complained about when it came to Twilight. Yes, that's kind of like what's happening here. Is like Tommy Wiseau is obviously processing some shit while writing this script. Oh, yeah. And every character is him except for Lisa and Mark. This and is... I really think that Lisa is actually Greg Sestero. Oh, like, interesting. After seeing Disaster yeah. Artist, I feel like the Lisa character is Greg Sestero, and these are all the things he's trying to tell Greg. But it didn't begin that way, right? Because they were kind of BFFs coming into the, the making of the film. Yeah. And then their friendship, I, I can only presume, kind of fell apart uh, during the middle. It, it and got then rocky. It got rocky. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. What do, what do you think? Well, I mean, that's the way it plays out in the book and in the movie is where they're, you know, they're getting along and, and they're kind of each other's only friend in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then they decide to make this movie together. And suddenly, you know, Greg is 
Tommy's conduit in dealing with the rest of the world. He has to translate everything for everybody else, but he's not getting any information from him. He doesn't he doesn't know what's coming next. He has no idea what what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. So it's just day to day. It's like, oh, let me put out this fire real quick. Oh, let me try to explain why you're, you know, stripping down this actress for, you know, <laughs> oh, 16 hours on an open oh. set, you know. But you're right. This is like his jagged little pill. Yeah. Like the whole film is just like he he got hurt hard by some woman, uh, and he's he's putting it all. Or out was there it on a film. woman? Or was it his feelings towards Greg? Do we know? Do we know if Tommy Wiseau isn't you know like? I don't know. Isn't a homosexual man like? I don't know. Were there possibly feelings that he had for Greg Sestero, and he's trying to work them out through this? Interesting. What, I think you're giving this is, film more credit than it deserves. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Having some subtext. It, it it plays out like a stage show. It plays out like a play with very few with very few scenes taking place outside of his apartment. Yeah, the set design is like a play as well. Um it's it's like a character piece that has no character. They don't build any characters. Like these people have discussions, and just as they're on the brink of like actually developing something for them individually, they say something like don't worry about it. Don't worry. I don't want to talk don't about it. The phrase it. don't worry about it is uttered like a, a, a couple of dozen times, I feel like, mm-hmm. from all characters. And that that's like his mantra. That'll be on his tombstone, I imagine. Every hero has a, a significant fault, something that they have to overcome. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell what Tommy Wiseau wrote as Johnny's shortcoming other than just being awesome. Everybody betrays him. Everyone betrays he's, him he's because just betrayed. He's, he's awesome. There's nothing he does wrong. He's infallible, which makes for a horrible protagonist. No, but it makes sense because I get the feeling that's how he sees himself in real life. Uh, apparently, he's just insufferable to work with and a, and a huge narcissist. And I, I was telling you at the end of last week's episode about James Franco's acceptance speech. Did you see that clip, Jared? From, oh, yeah, uh, where he, Golden he gives him a little forearm shiver. He's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. He does, he yeah. does. And it's so great, but like nobody invited him up on stage. He thought, didn't win the fucking award. I thought James said, come on down, Tommy. I thought he brought him up on stage to give him a James, little FaceTime. He, James said, he did that as a courtesy yeah, when, when Tommy no, was when already the, halfway down the aisle. Oh. And then he was like, okay, come up on stage. if you're gonna, You've made it this far. Okay. He's not going to get the bouncers to keep him off the side. So I felt like that was kind of a... Uh, um, a consolation prize, but yeah, when he he lunged for the mic, and James kind of had to. This is this is my moment. Yeah, it's so. This is a tough movie. To well, talk that's the about. problem with this film. Like, it doesn't really have. It's not any of the things you expect out of a film. It doesn't have a beginning, middle, and end. I, mean, I guess it does. He, he dies in the end. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but, but John uh, dies at the end. It's none of the things you want to see in in a story. Like mm-hmm. the, the characters, their motives just flip. What, what like motives? Though. There's no motives. People just do things because it's absolute. It's written on the page. That's the only reason why anyone does anything. And this poor actress, Juliette Danielle, who plays yeah, Lisa. Let's talk about her. Uh, like, okay, not the greatest actress in the world, but what a trooper, do, troopers, <laughs> what a trooper for doing like four like nude scenes. Well, three of them within the first like 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Well, technically there's yes. only two nude scenes because they just recut that first one. Yeah. And oh, did they? put it back together. Yeah. That, that, the second nude scene is all footage that was taken from yeah. the first from one the because first one? she talked yeah. him out of filming it a second time. <laughs> it, it wasn't in the script originally and I guess he got so much after that first one that he was trying to talk her into doing the other one. My God. And then they're like, well, we'll just film the lead up to it and then you, that's why uh, the same candles and the uh, same roses. And the roses. Yes. But her hair is different. Her makeup's different yeah. from the, from when <laughs> the previous so She's shut down to put on like bright blue eyeshadow and put <laughs> oh, on earrings and stuff. My you know. God. Yeah. That sounds about right. That feels right. I, I just, I, I pity her the entire film. I'm watching this going, 
man, this poor woman, she's probably brought, she was thinking this was going to be a big break, a big deal. Well, it kind of was. What has she done since then? Uh, she's done the documentary about the room. She's done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's done the Blu-ray director's uh, commentary. Oh, no. when you're talking about the documentary, do you mean the uh, "Where Are They Now?" roof? Actors yes. Yeah. Gonna, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My God. Um, but you know what? You mentioned that uh, she's she's not great, and she's not. Nobody is in this film. No. No. But I I couldn't help but think, man, with a better director and with an, an actual script, an actual script, she. Maybe could have been, she could she could have been are, Amy Adams. There or something. are there are a couple of actors in this in this film that I feel like if they were actually directed mm-hmm. and given some better material, they might have broken out. You believe done something? Greg Sestro was one of them. Ah, uh, no. Nope. Okay, I think we're all no. agreed there. Mm-mm. I think the uh, I think Chris R. We were talking about the Chris yeah. R. guy. Yeah. I think he Dan Janjigan. <laughs> yes, has the best name. I've ever heard he's Jan the Jan Bob Jan. Blah Blah of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the room. Uh, the dude who plays Peter. Yes, who disappears halfway through yeah, the film? He, he, he dis- no, he yeah. doesn't. Dis- he disappears yeah, he, halfway yeah, through. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's, he's the got guy. three scenes, and then he's gone, and gets he- replaced by Stephen, who was supposed to be Peter. That guy in the end, where you're oh. always asking, "Who the fuck is this?" guy? Oh, the guy who's like, "This is going to tear us apart." That's right. Guy. Yeah. That's supposed to be Peter. That yeah. should have been Peter. But they they, they uh, ran out of time on his contract, and he said, "I got another gig. I gotta go." <laughs> yeah, because it was supposed to be three months. They were supposed yeah. to film this thing in three months, and when oh, it got extended, and he was God. like, I, "I'm I'm pre-booked." That's insane. He was he was too good for the room, Joe. Well, you know, he was a psychologist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if if they made that clear enough in this movie. In his one scene that he's with Tommy, where Tommy's straight up talking to him, saying like, "Hey, I'm having problems with Lisa. We're having some problems. Let me talk to you about. It. You're a psychologist. Let me talk to you." Ten seconds later. Uh, Mark comes in the room and they start talking about stuff and Tommy's like, you're you're being a psychologist. Stop. I'm like, <laughs> yes. that's what you just fucking asked him to do, man. And also his advice to him is, uh, you should really talk to somebody about your feelings. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's, that's what he's doing right now. Well, in all fairness, uh, Dr. V, Anthony Valerino, he's my doctor and, you know, uh, he encourages me to make an appointment with him Rather than talk to him about stuff. Oh, right. The, Don't just invite side. your friends over and unload your, <laughs> yes. your shit on them. We're like, I'm going to invite Dr. V over and then be like, hey, Joel has this growth on his back. Can you take a look at that? <laughs> no, you know, you shouldn't do that. Uh, everybody turns on the Lisa character so quickly. Like, we we're talking about Peter. Peter and Mark have that scene on the roof where Mark, like, tells him, like, I'm, I'm sleeping with Lisa, but she's a manipulative bitch. And, like, Peter straight up just turns it. He's like, she doesn't care about anybody but herself. And I I'm know. Like, wait, wait, you're the psychologist. You're supposed to be the one that's, like, looking at things Everybody's from Everybody's feelings are legitimate. Exactly. Yeah. That's no. Tommy's voice. Yeah, that's Tommy yeah. Wiseau's voice coming out of all of these different characters. I do enjoy that scene also because... Uh, uh, Gre- oh, I keep forgetting Greg's... Oh, Mark. Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark. Mark has a bad reaction to being told that by Peter. You mean and attempted murder? Yeah, he was going to throw him over the side. <laughs> and maybe it's the pot. Maybe this is an anti-drug film because uh, he's smoking a doobie on the roof right before that. It's good stuff, bro. Tommy, I guess so. He's got that, uh, that medical stuff yeah. from California. But uh, maybe Tommy Wiseau... He seems like somebody would be down... With the nugs, with the, the nugs, tasty nugs, and and the, and, the, and the drinks. That's right. You know I don't drink. Yeah, we get to see why. There's a lot of uh, uh, maybe I'll call them plot holes in this movie. Okay, um, where Tommy comes out of the uh, out of the roof entrance and he's talking about how he didn't hit Lisa. Right. Well, how how did he even know? That would have been I, nice to see that scene because doesn't he explain to Mark that like oh Lisa accused me of hitting her? Yeah. Yeah, like we don't we don't see it happen. No, and also like Denny, Denny bought drugs, but we never see him doing them. 
However, mm-hmm. I've played a game on Newgrounds. It's a room tribute game. Oh no! That fills the plot holes. Oh! It talks about how Denny bought pot from Chris R, mm-hmm. and that's why Mark has it up on the roof. Oh, that's right. And Mark is like an undercover. Uh, and Mark's supposed to be like an undercover cop. That's right. Yeah. That's why he uh, is able to escort Chris R off the <laughs> yes to off the, the roof. To the pl- Let's take him to the police. Uh, yeah, and it also, like, Claudette is the one that talks to Tommy outside of the building and is like, Lisa told me that you hit her. Ah. And da, da, da. Like, it, Again. it fills these little plot holes. But then it ends really weird where, like, Tommy or Johnny hulks out after everybody's turned on him. He hulks out and then goes and, like, rampages and kills cops and destroys the police department. <laughs> it's crazy. And then after he kills himself, his alien spirit leaves his oh, body and goes to the spoon ship. <laughs> It's it's kind of awesome. Yeah, what is with the spoons? The plastic sp- so I know that's a thing. It's a decoration. They it's, do midnight showings where the, uh, there's if you look in in his apartment there's mm-hmm. like framed spoons. Yes, because like that's all they could find. They went. I guess there was like a flea market or some kind of uh, store. Yeah, because store that was like near where they were shooting. Even so though there was like grab stuff there. Even though there was a six million dollar budget, apparently. Uh, well, they didn't think to furnish the set. They <laughs> they were just well, you can't just have a couch and a chair. We got to have stuff on the walls and on the shelves. So that they went out to the thrift store and grabbed some spoon art and a bunch of CDs <laughs> off the rack, and that's why everything's all tilted and. In the background, the poor yeah. set designer, like that's his or her claim to fame. Like you know, the plastic spoons. That was me. That was me. That was that was all me. I came up with that stroke of brilliance. Okay, so Jared, you said that the first time you watched this movie was uh, three months ago. Uh, over the summer, about over six the months summer, ago, six yeah. months ago. Joel, when was the first time you saw this? movie? Today. This Seriously, is, yeah, this was my first viewing of it. Like I said, I've been avoiding it. The only reason I was going to watch it was for this podcast. Everyone had kind of like warned me against it. Yeah, and I like watching bad movies, but. I'm not going to voluntarily see a bad movie unless we're doing it for a purpose, uh-huh. i.e. this podcast. This is it. Uh, and this one just didn't sound like much fun, but I kind of had fun with it. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I had to fast forward through a lot of it because I was watching it at work. I was waiting for somebody to come in my cubicle. Every 15 minutes, we see a pair of boobs. <laughs> same pair of boobs, actually. It's the same one. Yeah, same pair. Uh, Uncomfortable. I, I saw this movie back in like 99, 2000 for the first well, time. Well, 2003 is when it came out. Was it 2003? Yeah. It was okay. So, so it was, you saw it. It was a while back when, uh, like, I'd go to the Inwood and they do midnight movies, and I saw like The Crow and oh, nice. like Escape. I'd go see like that's where I saw the retro movies before I'd go to the Draft House. Um, and one night, a friend of mine was like, "Hey, there's this movie called The Room. Do you want to go see it?" It's like, yeah, sure. I saw the the, the poster. I thought it was going to be some like weird, dark, like goth movie. Or whatever. it looks like it from the poster. Yeah, he looks like a vampire, mm-hmm. which and, apparently was going to be a subplot. So I watched this movie, and it probably didn't help that it was late, and I was kind of falling asleep, in and out of sleep while I'm watching it. And I'm like, this movie makes no fucking sense. Like, whatever, fuck it. And I try to watch it, fall asleep, wake back up, fall asleep. When the movie was done, we're walking out, we're walking in the car, I'm like, I gotta be honest with you, man. Uh, I was falling asleep. What the fuck was the movie about? (laughs) He turns and looks at me and goes, I don't fucking know. (laughs) I don't know. He's like, this guy, he had this girlfriend, I guess they were gonna get married. She was cheating on him. And she wouldn't just fucking tell him that she loved somebody else. And then the person that she loved didn't love her anyway. And then he killed himself. And I was like, um, all right, that's... Well, understandable, Joe, because they're a little murky with some of the relationships here. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, remind me again, is Mark Johnny's best friend? Well, I'm not <laughs> sure because they really leave that up to the audience to try to figure out with context clues. They're pretty subtle about it. I don't know. Jared, what do you think? You know, it's a Kubrick style. I just really want, <laughs> want you to read into your own your own imagination. They one. say it about a half a dozen times. Different characters yeah, everybody have uttered as well. Yeah. Everybody knows it. Lisa says Johnny. Mark's Mark your says best it. friend. Yeah. Mark says Johnny's my best friend. Johnny's my best friend. 
That's what he likes to say before he has sex with his fiance. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, future tur- wife. It, future it, wife. It future wife. That's right. We don't utter the F word. He's like, Johnny's my best friend. God, I'm so fucking hot. Let's do this now. Uh, well, it's just one time. Let's do this. It's the last time. It'll be our secret. Then, it, like after the first time they have sex, he's like, "Can't do this anymore." Yeah, he's my best friend. No, well, what he we'll, says is, we'll make... "Why did you do this to me? Why yes. did you do this to me?" <laughs> yes, again, very telling about the frame of yeah. mind that the writer uh, was bringing into so, this. So, what we can say is that mm. um, none of the females in this movie passed the Bechtel test. No, no. no. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau cannot write a female character. Even even like the... Oh, is it Michelle? What's the friend's name? Yeah, Michelle. Michelle's uh-huh. the friend's yeah. name. Is just having like a good laugh at finding out that Lisa's like, like banging <laughs> her fiancé's... XYZ. Yeah. <laughs> Examine your zipper. I've never heard a woman say that. No. Never. That's that's a schoolyard. It's a schoolyard thing. thing. Yeah. Examine your zipper. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's up to the the male at the end, right, to who finally confronts Lisa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whatever his name was, Peter, not Peter. Steven. Steven. There you go. <laughs> and then there's Peter Light. But but then there's there's Mark at the end after after Johnny kills himself, and and Mark's like this. You did this. <laughs> this is all on you. You horrible, filthy woman. Mm-hmm. No, 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 sir. Well, you can see why she'd have all that uh, pent up angst because uh, Joe, the computer business is just too competitive. <laughs> Remember her saying that? Oh, that's right. When they're they're lamenting, uh, he didn't get the raise. Tommy doesn't. Tommy Johnny doesn't get his raise, and uh, she's she's out of uh, out of work. But she's she's uh, expecting her man to be able to provide for her. But he does. He does not just until... for her, for like everybody, right? For Denny, yeah, for Found Den- him a little apartment in the building until right. he graduates. Didn't he loan Claudette's friend like money for something? No, too? she got pissed off that he wouldn't help her out with a home loan. That's what. <laughs> I expected my future son-in-law to be a little more generous in buying someone's house. <laughs> the rate was just too high. I yeah. can't do the accent. He pay, he pays the tuition for the kid. Let's can we talk about Denny a can, little bit? Let's, let, let's talk about Denny. So is Denny touched? Is he is he have a little something? Because I, I was getting some Gilbert Grape vibes from him. I think so. I think it's supposed to be. I think that's supposed to be like the hair, his hair is supposed to be symbolic of that because he kind of has that duplicitous. Well, he has that um, the DiCaprio hair from Gilbert Grape. Yeah, and so I kind of think that's what they were going for. I think Denny is supposed to be a little touched. Yeah. Did anybody tell that actor that he's <laughs> playing that type of role? They didn't even tell him how old he was supposed to be. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Apparently, he was the older act, oldest actor, yet playing the youngest role. You know, there's no way if he's on a movie with Tommy Wiseau that he was the oldest actor. In Dude, the how old is that guy? No wonder he, he wanted to cast himself as a vampire. No, he, nobody, he looks ageless. Nobody knows. You know that that right? That uh, the original. Well, I guess they touch on it in. Uh, Disaster artist, right? That there was yeah. going to be a vampire subplot. Maybe Johnny Vampire. We find out later. You know <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. That, I uh, don't remember. This there was at a all. scene. There yeah. was a scene in the original script uh, of the room, not Disaster Artist, where um, I guess there was going to be a floating Cadillac. He was going to be in yeah. a floating Cadillac above the roof. What? Yeah. After he kills himself, he gets into a flying car, a la Grease, and flies off into yeah. the sunset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, I think somebody finally talked him out. To, I talked about it and saying there's only so much we can do with this green screen. Yeah, we can't have you flying a Cadillac. We don't off have the budget into the moonlight. He didn't what? understand why he couldn't have that in his six million dollar oh film. Oh my god! Where did, oh, and he he spent six million dollars making this movie. Yes, and marketing. Where where does he get where did he get that money? Because there was a thing about that in Disaster Artist too. What's their explanation? Where Seth Rogen goes to cash his check, and he brings the bank. He's like, I'd like to cash this. And the banker looks at it for a second, kind of types some stuff up, and then looks at him and goes, well, okay, what do you want? Do you want it in 20s? And like Seth Rogen's like, what? It cleared? 
And the guy says something to the effect of like, yeah, this account is like a bottomless pit. Wow. And that, that it's one of the things that like, it's one of the big questions. There's there's like three big questions in the movie. Mm-hmm. Where's Johnny, where's Tommy from? Mm-hmm. How old is he? Where did he get all the money from? Yeah. And to this day, like from what I understand, nobody knows. Apparently real estate is what Greg Sestero says. But yeah. who knows? Who knows how he has that information? Well, I mean, he had an apartment in San Francisco and an apartment in, in yeah. L.A. Yeah, the two, two of the most expensive cities in America. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and his ex- explanation to everything is just like, don't worry about it. <laughs> that's his, that's his it's, mantra. It's all right, man. It, don't worry about it. Um, Tommy Wiseau. The thing that frustrates me about Tommy Wiseau and even Greg Sestero to an extent is that the three of us are artists. And we try to create. We try to do <laughs> things. You. We try to put things together. We want to be known, I think, for the best work that we could possibly put forward. And we want that to be something that propels us, that, you know, we could put something out there that's that's a value of artistic merit. And it frustrates me to see, you know, artists struggle to have their voices heard that have good voices. And then, like, that this dude is, like... I know. ...failed upwards to such a degree that I he know. has this piece of shit film. He was on the Golden Globes two weeks ago. <laughs> yes, he was on the Millions stage of people saw at him. the Golden Globes. And the thing is, like, all the... At the, the opening of The Disaster Artist, you've got people like Kristen Bell and... Uh, uh, um, uh, what's his name from uh, from Parks and Rec? Why can't I remember anybody's name, man? Adam Scott. Oh. Uh, these guys talking about talking about the... Uh, My the, wife's ears perked up when <laughs> They're that. talking about the, the room... And like how they watch it and like these famous people know about this movie and like that you could never recreate this thing. And it, it's just, it's so frustrating. It's like, wait, wait, why? I know. Why are we celebrating the this The things man? we could have done with $6 million, Joe. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's the problem with Tommy is that most of the people you know out there have great ideas and talent and all this and no money. He has the exact opposite problem. Exactly. Money out the ass. <laughs> No talent whatsoever. What is that accent, by the way? Where is he from? New Orleans. Is it fr- Poland? <laughs> He's from New Orleans. Poland is is the most recent theory. That's and, and then he, I believe like, that went through France like in his long immigration. That's thing. right, because so, he speaks French, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he ended up in New Orleans, and then moved out to the West Coast. What if we're all being like Andy Kaufman? That's it. Feels so much like that. Like his performance like, art. He's just this guy from Iowa. And Man. is just doing a bit. He's living the lifestyle. Huh? I can't. I can't even begin to believe that. No, I can't believe that. It's, it's too fantastical. It, it is. Well, even Andy Kaufman had a reveal. Like right. when when he had his bits, Andy Kaufman had a reveal. This guy, like, it, there's no way there's anybody in the world that's this brilliant that they can keep this up for 20 years. Yeah. I just can't believe it. That doesn't mean it's not possible. I just can't believe no, it. It doesn't strike me as genius. Working as a banker, mm-hmm. how many great ideas can you have that would save a bank money? My they bank. use all my ideas. <laughs> I save them money. <laughs> uh, but I, I just, as a bank, like, they yeah. don't explain what kind of a banker he is. Of course There's not. no cutaway to him at a bank, like, working, doing anything of the sort. Build your story. Build your character. <laughs> well, there's no, like... He- they refer to each other as best friends for like the thir- first 30 minutes of the movie, yet we never see them together, Mark and Johnny. Not until, until like, the, se- like the last third of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Where they're running in a park and th- throwing a football. Throwing around. footballs constantly. What is with his obsession with football? I don't know. We have it's three just separate American. scenes. Just, yeah, exactly. It's just an all-American thing. I, I swear to God, that's why he doesn't use the word fiancé. 
because it's a French word, uh, uh, and he wants no French words in the movie. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're so, my future wife. Yeah, they do all this stuff where they're in fake injecting stuff into the movie to draw. It's like all these really ridiculously long establishing shots and him walking around the city. It that's his idea of world building, right? Uh-huh. And then you have these scenes with them throwing the football and horse playing. This is how you know they're friends. You've got the the breast cancer and the drug scene <laughs> to inject drama into this yeah. thing. It's all this. Okay, I don't want to take the time to build this but i want you to know there's drama here you. Yeah. we throw that it's the same thing with uh mike the the guy in the plot <laughs> yes. chocolate blowjob scene he is all comic <laughs> relief because he's get he's doing that face oh, and God. then he gets knocked into the trash can what, yes. okay, what the hell happened there <laughs> he just got tapped on the shoulder it seems like barkia just like he barely just touches put, him. Yeah. put the football in his chest he was like here you go here's the football and he just drops like and, a bad habit uh-huh. and then he's concussed and he's like staring off into the middle distance and yeah after that he was oh my god that guy that guy's a lot of fun though. was, was he, did he, he come back did he come back at the end i can't remember he's in the party yeah he's scene. at the party oh, he's scene. At the party yeah we see him me me underwears me underwears me underwears I, I do like he has very honest delivery during that scene. It's like he's doing his uh, his his tryout. Yeah, well, I have a feeling that scene wasn't actually written. No, I no. feel like Tommy said like, "Hey, tell me a funny story yeah, about what something. happened. Think of something." Because there's this whole off the cuff kind of feel that like Tom, Tommy's just or Johnny is just like walking randomly through an alleyway. And then like Mike calls his name. Hey Johnny. Oh hey Mike. What's going on? <laughs> and they just and they just kind of talk. And oh yeah, tell me more. I'm listening. Yeah. Okay. And I think that was supposed to be like. I feel like Tommy was saying like this is going to be our moment. We're going to improvise a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of like off. We're just gonna we're gonna make jazz. We're gonna make acting jazz right now. <laughs> and it was just a whole bunch of one guy talking and Tommy going uh huh. Yeah, all right. Hmm. Uh, and then finally, Denny and Mark come back in to like save the day. Thankfully, <laughs> yeah, we needed some more close close toss football yeah. because it had been a little while. <laughs> they could just hand it to each yes. other at the distance that they are. Yeah, three feet away. That's how that's how men throw football. I love in the football toss scenes when it's more than just Johnny and 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 Mark, where everybody tosses the ball to each other and like ignores. Johnny, for the most part, like they kind of don't toss it to him, and he's just like, "All right, is it my turn? Do I get the ball?" Yeah, no. Everyone <laughs> like, betray no, me. You don't know how to throw the ball, man. No. His his football toss leaves much to be desired. <laughs> he throws a football like Patrick Ewing throws a free throw. <laughs> sports joke, it's not timely. strong. Timely. <laughs> sports jokes. <laughs> okay, so it's a little dated. Um, what? What was compelling to you about this film? And this is a question I'm posing to both of you. What is compelling to you about this movie? I like that the inciting incident, as near as I can figure, is that Johnny didn't want to cuddle after that after that first gratuitously long sex right. scene. That's it. She gives him this look, and then after that, it's, I'm going to have sex with Mark, I'm going to get you drunk and try to get you to hit me, and uh-huh. then you don't do that, I'm just going to tell people you hit me anyway. Yeah. I'm going to be just psycho from here on out, because you didn't want to cuddle. After no, this one time. You're absolutely... And, and yet he has the balls later on to tell... I think it's Denny. When when Denny... which That's another weird scene, by the way, where Denny like confesses his love to his fiance... Uh, sorry, future wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joe, I, I can't imagine ever having that conversation with you where Be- I would tell you I would love not, with Sarah. Because you're not... Why? What's wrong with Sarah? Exactly. No, no, I'm just... <laughs> Is there something wrong with her? No, but if, if I were harboring these feelings, like, I've seen love, actually. I know how it works. I would just videotape her from afar and then hide that... Uh, there you go. Would you, uh, have you own. knocked on the door recently? Right, with, with my cue cards. <laughs> like I'm in an NXS video. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is like I would just kind of like walk up and be like, what's going on? Oh, Joel. 
What's happening, man? <laughs> oh, you doing the NXS video? I love that. <laughs> You're so funny. We were watching that again over the holidays. That's what we do every holiday because it's a tra- tradition. And uh, yeah, I feel it in my he really took a chance there because uh, he's got his little his little uh, boombox, right? Boombox, yeah. And he's written he's on one of the card. He says to his uh, Kira Knightley to tell him it's carolers. She's like, it's carolers. Like, if that were me sitting on the couch, I would have been like, ooh, carolers. Like, I would have hopped <laughs> off the couch, gone to the front door. I want to see some Christmas carolers. And he's just, like, going to keep watching oh, the telly. Oh, it's just Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him to bugger off. So, where was I going with this? No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the, oh. Uh, oh, the scene with Denny yeah. on the roof. Yeah, so so he's confessing to him, uh, which, and Johnny really kind of takes it all in a stride. Like Everything is taken in stride. Yeah. There's no reaction he's to anything. He's not threatened by the fact that uh, this kid is is in love with his fiance. Everything that happens in this movie, like everything that when they when they try to heighten it to a certain degree, like you were talking about with the Chris R scene where they come and get him, like every reaction from Johnny is just... Don't worry about it. What are you doing? Don't worry about it. Hey, why? Why? what are you doing? You almost got yourself killed. Like there's no... Nothing goes above like a five. Yeah. With Tommy Wiseau, there's it, we until it, it does, and then it's an eleven, and then it's I'm coming You're on the red. Tearing dress. me apart, Lisa. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, he's it's rubbing that rubbing dress it, on his crotch. He's rubbing it on his crotch. Ah, he totally goes all Marlon Brando at the end, and where he tries, he's simultaneously like um, wrecking the room, yet he's doing it in the in the laziest of ways. Yeah, like he's he's got spaghetti arms, and he's just kind of like knocking things. Well, yeah, off of well, part of it is that that horrible posture of his. He just kind of like lumbers around, yeah. you know. Um, the uh, but no, the Denny thing. I don't know. I didn't think too much of that just because I I always read Denny as a little kid who's I still so like too. just trying to like figure things out and he's, he's not threatened. Starting to like understand his 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 own feelings and sexuality. Mm-hmm. And it's like I wanted to kiss her, and Tommy's just like, ah, it's a little kid, you know. Don't worry about it. Well, it's, <laughs> it's like, like what uh, like what you were telling saying earlier with every, all the other characters are Tommy. I definitely think Denny was Tommy the way he sees himself as a young kid, right? And that's why he's in love with the same woman, but he's not a threat. It's the kind of woman that he would have wanted when he was a little yeah. kid. Because immediately, as soon as they're like, "I trust you, I trust her, it's fine." What about Elizabeth? Well, I love her. That's like yeah. a three second yes. <laughs> transition. I'm gonna marry her and have kids and graduate <laughs> and buy a house. Uh, he and, got over her quickly. I, I, I already forgot Lisa. What's her name? I don't I, even care. I think you're right. No, he does that a couple times too. He did that with Mark at one point, where he's like, "What about this one yeah. girl?" Like, I I can't remember the oh, her Betty? name. Yeah, they're yeah. talking Betty. about sex. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how's your anyway? How's your love life? Yeah, like, I've he, never <laughs> talked to like I have never no even when Joel and I were both single men, I never like called up Joel and was yeah, like, "You getting laid, hey, man?" So how's that? How's that pussy action going? <laughs> yeah, like, no, man, I got the sweet little action. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't care how good of friends we That's are. That's too bad. My Lisa, she's great when she's I can get it. When I can get it, she's begging you. She fucking she's threw like, herself at you twice within the first act. <laughs> she's like, "Have sex with me. You owe me one." Yes. She keeps track. She keeps tabs on shit a little too much too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's always talking about how someone owes her this or owes her that. She's the Eden of this. Uh... Or Eve, Eve of this Eden. Thank She's you. the whole garden. That's she all. is the entire garden. Oh, and that's why Denny's eating an apple in that first scene. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Wow. Subtext. It's like layers. <laughs> it's, it's like a parfait. Like an onion. It's like, it's like Coppola with the orange. <laughs> you just knew some shit was up. Dude, so like the next time next time you and Jenna feel like you're going to get down and dirty, though, mm-hmm. I'm going to just bust in the door and just jump on the bed and start pillow fighting with you guys. Wow, awkward. Oh, my God. Oh, well, and... And Joe, my reaction will be to grab you onto the bed and just kind of pull you into it. <laughs> no, wait, well, how's the laugh go? <laughs> Never gets old. Two's great, but three's a crowd. <laughs> I just like to watch you guys. Uh, I feel so like creepy. 
Tommy gets he gets like simple phrases wrong. Like there's there's one point where he's talking to Peter and he's like Peter's like you should talk to her. He's like no, I want to give her another chance. You know what they say, love is blind. <laughs> like I I paused the movie and just kind of <laughs> stared at the screen for a second. I was like. That doesn't even fucking apply here. That would be like if if Tommy's in love with a woman that like he's never seen. He's just been like online correspondence and they're finally going to meet. And somebody's like going, but Tommy, you can't possibly be in love with her, but you've never met her. Well, you know what they say, love is blind. Like that would fucking make sense. Yes, it doesn't apply here. I also love, he says uh, later on, I, I love you so much. You're the sparkle of my life. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. He's inventing phrases now. So, despite the fact that T- uh, Johnny never hit Lisa, mm-hmm. he sure pushes her the fuck down on that couch a couple, yeah, a couple twice. of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twice. Yeah. And goes at Mark a couple of times. But 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 Lisa, like, he, he shoves her back on the couch. Yeah. So, there you go. Like, we finally got it. When he gets upset, he still gets physical. Inappropriately physical <laughs> with, a, with a woman. Um, but he has her on tape, though, Joe. <laughs> He knows. I'll record, but not at that point. I'll record everything. <laughs> I'll show them. We'll see. We'll see. He shows them all by recording everything. That ends up being obvious anyway, because like Mark and Lisa are like Do- making out at his party. Hey everyone, let's go outside and get some fresh air. <laughs> like, and then like the person who suggested it stays back along with uh, Johnny's best friend, nowhere to be seen. <laughs> well, there's a couple of there's a couple. It's hey everybody, let's go inside and have cake. Yeah. Hey everybody, let's go get some, outside and get some have fresh, some fresh air. air. And I love how at that same party, uh, Johnny and Mark get into a fight, a big fight, and, and uh, tensions are rising. Uh, and then they cool off. And what we, was it, like 10 minutes later? Like the exact same thing happens again? Like we're, we're, we haven't even cut to another day or another yeah. scene. Like no. the exact same thing plays out in the exact same. Who cut this together? Did Tommy edit it together too? I guarantee he was over the shoulder of whoever yeah. was actually hitting the buttons. But I, I have a hard time. Like I'm imagining, okay, so I'm imagining you, Joel, in the <laughs> editing room mm-hmm. with Tommy Wiseau. Trying to put footage together to oh make God. this movie. I'm going to blow my brains out. <laughs> like Tommy does. Just not show up. You know, they had to, They went through like three different crews on this on this film. Yeah. The first DP lasted like three days and uh-huh. took the rest of the crew with him. Uh, one of the guys stuck, stuck behind and became the DP. Like That happened over the six-month period. That's, that's never a good sign. That's what you call a harbinger good God. in your film. There's a moment in Disaster Artist mm-hmm. where all the actors are kind of talking about the production of the movie. And the actors are asking uh, Greg Sestero, uh, Dave Franco, can we ask you a question? Hey, what is this movie about? <laughs> and they don't know. And they're talking about how bad it is, how bad it is. And they talk to the actress who plays Claudette, whose name escapes me. Big surprise there. Uh, but she was also, she played Lil Marie in Rocky Balboa. I love this actress. No, really? I don't know her name. Um, I'll tell you. But... Uh, but they they she talk they talk about like well don't you how can you even stand this because this is horrible why would you do this and she talks about like well that's what we do we're actors the worst day on a set is still better than the best day anywhere else Aww. and there's something very like I feel like they're associating like a really wonderful beautiful point about creating art but like associating it with the the worst example of art that could ever possibly exist like this it it seemed like a war zone just based on what i've heard stories i've heard and what i've seen on the in the disaster artist mm-hmm. i would never want to work on something like this jackie weaver jackie weaver oh i love her yeah yeah you do what else has she been in uh, silver linings playbook that's right she played the mom right mm-hmm. love that movie 
It's and, not a date uh, if you order Raisin Bran. Something called Squinters coming out in 2018. Oh, I love that movie with Nathan <laughs> Fillion. I could go on about how dumbfounded I am at the fact that this movie has like a following, that it has an audience. Um, but at the same time, thank God it does because it opens up opportunities for, you know, like you, Jared, to be able to bring this to bring this material to people that maybe wouldn't normally see it or bring this material in a fresh way to other folks that have a weird fascination with the movie uh, and kind of give them another, I don't know, another point of view on it. Like I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see the show and I'm hesitant to ask you like what differs from the room in the roof, but I'm going to ask you anyway in the roof. What, like, what is it? What are you guys bringing to it? Is it just a straight up, adaptation of no. the room okay no no that's that's setting yourself up for failure when i was doing some <laughs> research i saw a couple of colleges that did that and i was like that has got to be terrible because you're never going to get the level of just right. shit that you're getting in this movie <laughs> that kind of it goes around the horn and becomes kind of intriguing again you're never going to get there so i mean we're doing a parody of it where basically in a sense johnny almost becomes the straight man in this, and, and everybody else is commenting on the shit that he's saying. Uh-huh. So we're just bringing all the conversations that are going nice. on in the audience up on stage. Oh, like nice. That. So that's, you know, that's the fun part is uh, in any kind of parody, you're just like poking holes. But if you poke holes at something that's bad, right. you eventually make it better in yeah. a weird way. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where you end up going on on that kind of uh, project, as far at least as far as I was able to come up with. I can't wait. Working know, on the right? script... It's it's a nightmare because all of your writer instincts are like, okay, I need to fix this and this. You can't fix, no, it. Can't fix it. You can't fix any of it. I can't straighten the eyes on a Picasso. That's not yeah, going to help yeah, the yeah. situation. Straightening chairs in the Titanic. Is yeah, it's you know, and it's going to take away part of the magic. So yeah, all of his lines are the same. Everybody else is just commenting on the shit that he's saying. I love it. I'd like to imagine a world where like the room exists. Is this movie about the room? Mm-hmm. Uh, Why is it called the room? By the way, I, I, because everything basically takes place yeah. in that one. Because room. it's the one set they had. Yeah. yeah, that's it with their weird circular staircase. Yeah, that leads up like definitely not handy, handicap accessible. No, but sex accessible. It's, oh yeah, so, it's yeah. sex. They totally ha- they fuck Mark and Lisa yeah. fuck on the spiral staircase. Yeah. yeah, not cool. Not not cool at all. But also. Man, that's not easy. That's not comfortable that's either. Ergonom- yeah, ergonomic. Is that the word I'm looking <laughs> <Yes>. for? <laughs> it's hard enough to fuck on a regular staircase. <laughs> Why? Go up the stairs. <laughs> go upstairs. Or go down the stairs. You're halfway there. You're already down the there's stairs. There's a couch or there's a bed. Pick one, man. Yeah. But the stairs, ouch. And in that scene, he's wearing his jeans the entire time. That's right. Which is always fun. Apparently he was uncomfortable getting yeah. fully naked. Yeah. <laughs> but she's, not Tommy. She's fully naked. Yeah. Yeah, he's got his jeans her. on. Tommy's ass is on display for 20 minutes solid. Like, uh, the first 30 minutes of this film, like, it might as well be a softcore porn. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. we have three sex scenes. We, we, we Rapid even have, fire. Yeah. And, like, a random couple walks into the room. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, just now we have oral, oral sex, sex scene. It's like, this This is, I've seen Cinemax Well, chocolate is a symbol of love. Mm, that's right. It's an aphrodisiac. I've, I've never heard that it's a symbol. Chocolate is a symbol of love. <laughs> thought that was roses. Yeah. Or, and, and we see those. There's that, too. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's that that what, the bit in that first sex scene where like he's like unbuttoning his pants and shit, and I'm like, oh, stop! Well, we don't need to see this. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. the editor tried to talk him out of showing his bare ass on screen, and he was like, no, I need. This is what's going to sell tickets. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, your half melted body is really gonna <laughs> sell. The, like I, I swear, it looks like somebody passed the GI Joe over a candle. A few times. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what about the music? 
Uh, the, no, in every okay. sex scene, so, did he sing these songs? So I no, those were totally licensed by. Uh, I would stand in the way of a bullet. <laughs> but uh, the, the the first the first intro, the scene, you know, the the prologue or whatever, we're yeah. seeing all this. What I thought was stock footage of San Francisco. And I'm like, oh man, okay. Well, they they dropped a couple thousand dollars on some stock video blocks. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't talk about them anymore. C- come back for 28. Cut that part out, Jeff. Cut Please. that part. Out. It, it, I thought it was all stock footage until we see Tommy Wiseau like on the cable car yeah. going through, and I'm like, holy shit, they filmed this stuff. <laughs> and then as the credits are rolling, you see music composed by what? Somebody fucking composed this. Somebody stuff? composed this music. I just thought it was somebody with a Casio keyboard. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could have still been. Right? Yeah, the music is so it's so bad. Yeah, it's, but it, it definitely it's fits, novella it quality. It fits that mold of the porno, like a a, a skinamax yes. porno flick. Yes. They should have just gone full out and made this. And like just a made, softcore a, porn. made a softcore porn. Could have sold put it on insertion cable. Insertion in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. No, it it feels like though that there are so many times where they're trying to skirt too much around the gratuitous sex. Just make just, it a fucking just porn. own it. Just be. Just yeah. make it a fucking porn. Just aim for the vagina. <laughs> Which would have been a nice choice because <laughs> it didn't happen in three of the four sex scenes. He's in no man's land. Like I'm like that's not that's not quite titty fuck, but not quite missionary. Yeah. I don't know where you are. No, that's that's straight in the ribs. That's, that's sixth <laughs> base. <laughs> sixth base. <laughs> oh my god! Cheap, 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 cheap. The wh- at what point in mm. your life did you stop like doing the chicken? Like the Marty McFly, yeah. like what's what's up? You it was chicken? certainly before junior high. Yeah, not not for not, Tommy, not not for Polish no. Frenchman Tommy Wiseau. This is this was tough. I couldn't I couldn't watch this. Uh, well, because the baby was up too. <laughs> I started playing it on the TV in the living room today, and uh, and Sarah's like, "Are you watching the room?" And I was like, "Yeah." Well, I was trying to kind of get through the rest of it, and the the baby's playing with the toys, like looking up, and I was like, nope, you're, nope. "You're right. Nope, I shouldn't do this to her." <laughs> Last thing I need is for her to start affecting Tommy Wiseau's speech patterns, or or emulating poor uh, Lisa. Like yeah. that, that is not a female role model. Okay, wait. So you said something earlier. Mm. Uh, no, it was Jared that the uh, the the moment that kind of set everything in motion is the fact that he wouldn't cuddle with her in bed. Yeah, he went straight to sleep. But the next day, she calls up Mark and is already like, "Hey, babe." Yeah. What's so? This is she's telling her mom. This is, this she immediately put her plan into motion. This has been like, going on for a while. I'm I'm led to believe that she's been with Mark a couple times. Oh. Premeditated, huh? Yeah. No, see, I get the sense that that was their first time together. <laughs> that they had kind of a weird, flirty relationship. Yeah. And that while he's on his stakeout answering <laughs> that particular call, um, you know, that's why he's free to come over in the middle of the day and, and how true. he got Chris R arrested. So I, I'm totally on board with him being a cop. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I got the sense that that was their first time, and she was putting on all the moves uh-huh. with the, the the music and the sexy dress. And, that's right. You know, it's like the music, the candles, sexy dress, and there's no music. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, there was no music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how strong. Editor forgot to add that. <laughs> that's how strong the power of suggestion is. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, the sound designer was too busy ADRing all of Tommy Wiseau's dialogue. Like fifty percent of that dialogue. All of it. Yeah, it had to be. All apparently. of it. And like those are the good takes too. That's him fixing his dialogue. What we're hearing. On hey, screen. babe. <laughs> With the the scene where he's in the flower shop, that whole thing is like oh hi like, doggy, like like a sprint, ADR sprint. Yeah, where it's like oh Tommy, it's you here. How you got? How much does it cost? That'd be eighteen dollars. Here <laughs> you go, thanks. keep the change. Bye, You're doggy. my favorite. Bye doggy. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> like fucking 
And and we don't need that. Why no. is all that in there about like how great of a customer is? Again, how great of a guy he is. We see two couples order their lunch in the coffee shop ahead of him. Oh God! Before they enter, like that that made it into the final cut. That's world building. But like Jared exactly. said that's yeah. world building. <laughs> Oh, we'll, it'll be on its way. It'll be out to you soon. Yeah, thanks. Oh, hi, Johnny. Nobody pays for their uh, orders, by the nope, way. Nobody pays for shit, man. They, they work on the honor system in that cafe. <laughs> well, that's when you live in hell. <laughs> the purgatory that is. Purgatory. This, the this room. room. Maybe that's what the room is. It's purgatory. Oh, I like that. And he escaped. He was the only one courageous enough to escape the that's purgatory. Right, by taking himself out of it. Oh, my God. In the in the least dramatic fashion. The <laughs> why slow-mo did he, shot. Like, why did he kill himself? Yeah, it seemed unnecessary. It's very... Un- like, you've already won. Everyone Everybody at me. your party knows that she's cheated on you. You you won. Yeah, You're- but everybody at his party knows she cheated on him. So, in his head, he's like, I, I can not recover from this. That's right. This humiliation. Kind of this, yeah. Humiliation. So, I just, I'll just tear up the house and, and have sex with the dress and shoot myself in the face. <laughs> Let's make a night of it. <laughs> my millions of dollars. I'm sure there are more fish in the sea that would like a, a well-to-do man yeah. that can pay tuition for... All his banking a, secrets. Who's going to pay Denny's tuition now? Oh, I know. He's Maybe he's going to have to you know, live off his football scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He seemed to be uh, doing pretty good as a drug dealer there. What was Johnny's last name? Nobody what? has a last name. Well, all right. right. There's Chris. R. Mark. Chris. R. Why is there Chris? Why isn't he just Chris? Because it's. I think that was Tommy Wiseau's uh, attempt at like a, a street thug yeah. name. Yeah, he was getting a little cred there. Chris yeah. R. Chris R. Jared, do you have anything? The only thing I can think of is just how much he hates women. Oh yeah, it's, Dude, it's just, evidence. Yeah. Just everything. It's the lighting. It's the costumes. It's the angles he's shooting. Shooting this poor woman from the least flattering angles for oh, oh, yeah. for a woman ever. Just and then in that scene with the neck bulge, where he's got her <laughs> sitting there in a halter top, and she's got the oh, thing I know. popping. Out. It looks oh. like it's gonna really pop out of John Hurt's chest. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And and that made it in the film. Uh huh. His yeah. thesis is uh, I don't understand the women. They don't mean what they say. They always play games. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's a quote. Oh, thanks. That was really I'm good. Progressing. I'm taking like cues that. from you. Mine is kind of like a, a Borat meets Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> My wife. My wife. There you go. I did not hit her. <laughs> she works. <laughs> See, this is going to be a fun recast, I think. Oh, uh, Jared, right. did you recast? Of course, nice. so I recast twice. Before we Ooh, get it, before shit. we get into that, all right. What did the room do right? The easy thing is to say nothing, right? Uh huh. Yeah, but that is I'll the say easy it's 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 the best of the worst. Like this this kind of sets the bar high for bad movies that are enjoyable to revisit and watch. You know, wait before we move on on this, mm-hmm. I, I did have a question I wanted to ask you. Uh, the last time we re- we visited uh, Tommy Wiseau mm-hmm. on this podcast, yes. was Samurai Cop Two. That's the first thing that I had seen him in, and I was asking you, I was like, "Why is Gene Simmons light in this film? <laughs> like, what is this guy doing?" Where he <laughs> he has one of my favorite lines in that film, which is, um, "You cannot, you cannot stop me." But only I can, I can stop, stop myself, myself, and I. But don't I will stop. not stop myself. <laughs> yes, oh, I feel like that was an. Have ever, Jared, have you ever seen that? I have not seen that. Oh shit! Listen to our. Uh, what was it? Samurai, Samurai Cop, Cop and Cop Samurai Cop Two? Two. <laughs> Listen to both of them. Deadly Vengeance. Oh, dude, Jesus! You remember the subtitle? Of to that? course, yeah. Oh my God, I had to type it in for you, the uh, awards. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, you don't even remember us doing the perfect weapon. It's not a real movie. <laughs> I don't so, that. so yeah. Uh, 
at the very end of this movie, this whole movie's going on, Tommy Wiseau suddenly fucking shows up as the mastermind behind everything that's been going on mm-hmm. and like lives kind of and ends up with the girl at the end. And the only thing we could figure out was he must have bankrolled some of this movie. Part of his uh, agreements, yeah. And so he was able to do all this shit and kind of come out smelling like a rose. And it was a horrible... Like, he was dressed like how Tommy Wiseau would dress with his weird belts and keys and stuff. But then, like, he's got, like, a samurai armor, like, over that. Mm -hmm. And a sword. And he doesn't. You can tell the dude has never swung a sword before in his life. And he has another scene where he trashes a room. Remember? Yes, he he does. Trashes that apartment. That's right. With the the corpse of his mother sitting in a chair. That's right. Oh, I thought he was doing it with the corpse of his mother. (laughs) Swinging it by the legs. (laughs) You know, getting some momentum going and knocking furniture over. Uh, All right. So that was what the room did right. Jared, what did the room do right? It exists. And I, I mean that in the most sincere way. When you've got something where nobody wants it, nobody, you've got to do every single thing yourself. That's an accomplishment. I yeah, I dig people who get things done. Just I, if you can manage to finish a project, that's amazing. He's to me. a doer, yeah. Yeah. and that's the literally the only thing it did right is that it came into existence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. What did? Oh wait. Yeah, what about yourself? Yeah. What did the the, the room fuck? Uh, I think the fact that it um it. It's okay God. to say nothing, Joe. I can't. I can't not say. It showed us how not to do green screen. Oh, God, yes. And I think that that's a very valuable lesson for uh, you know up-and-coming filmmakers yes. who want to play around with compositing to watch this movie and see how it's not yes. supposed to I be I could have pointed them towards a YouTube After Effects <laughs> tutorial that would have uh, made those effects much better. The yeah, best but... is when they're trying to do like... It, there are some times where like, if they're not moving the camera, mm-hmm. it's okay but then there are bits like right after the Chris R. Denny thing yeah. where there's Claudette and Lisa and they're like the camera's moving around them. There's a bit of a like, floating oh background. Oh my God, stop, stop moving. Mm. That's not how you do it. That's what The Room did right. All right. It's a great tutorial. Acceptable. Of how not to do it. How? What did The Room do wrong? Man, Tommy Wiseau does not need to be on film. Uh, he's, he's, he's simultaneously the worst and... and the, no, is I don't this, want to say he's the best. Does thing this about movie it. stand though as a memorable best of the worst without Tommy Wiseau? <sighs> no, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, you kind of need him to <laughs> to, to uh, play against everyone. Yeah, like he is the emotionless center to this universe. Yeah, there's a uh, there's there's something there's something baffling yet compelling about the fact that like Tommy Wiseau who even in this movie that they they build him up to be the the like the greatest guy in the world mm-hmm. still comes off as so unlikable. Oh yeah. <laughs> well he's he's laughing at the stories of, uh, of women, women being bludgeoned. Beat up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, that's not what this a isn't story. A, this isn't a humorous anecdote. He seems like the guy who's even though he's never doing it in the movie that like everybody's talking to him and he's texting the whole time. Like, that's how he's reacting to everybody. Is that, like, they're telling him something, and he's like, don't worry about it. And he's, yeah. like, he's like, he's just, he's not even paying attention. That's how it feels. Jared, what did the room do wrong? So many things. But if you're going to put one thing on it, it's got to be him as the director. Because yes. if you've got somebody else directing, you still have him in the movie. Just just go, go, go 
Hulk smash, you know, go do your thing <laughs> and just have somebody else to <laughs> let everybody else kind of play off of him a little bit and give him a little bit of structure and direction and give them an actual script to, that they can yeah. study and maybe, I don't know, come up with a character or something. <laughs> Was he directing this this film, though? Oh, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he directed it. Well, I mean, I know he is listed as the director, but well, how much uh, directing was he actually doing? There's on a set? dispute on that with um, his script supervisor who's saying he really directed it, but right. Tommy took the credit. And <laughs> Tommy has put out a shame on you video to him about <laughs> trying to take credit. Why would you want to take credit for? I would. I was about to say I would not want to take credit for this. No, you just walk away and you say, "Yeah, I was involved." That you get your little your five minutes, but you don't Uh want to actually say I'm responsible for, you know, what you're seeing before you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that the fact that you you put this poor this poor woman in like three sex scenes rapid fire within the first twenty minutes, I think it's despicable. It's deplorable. Uh, I think the way that he handles women in this movie is the worst thing ever. That's true. Uh, it's unfair. Uh, it, it's it's horribly, it's blatantly sexist. Oh yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that bothers me about some of like the the cult status of this movie. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't deserve it. I feel like Tommy Wiseau's overdue a little bit of backlash. Uh, and maybe someday it'll come. Yeah, but... with this uh, Me Too movement that this film kind of sets back a few decades. <laughs> Um, it's time is up. Yes. Time's up. Time's up. Uh, but yeah, the way the the way that he treats females uh, in general in this movie is just it's deplorable. Uh, all right. So if we were going to remake the room, yeah, how would we do it? Joel lets you and I go first. Oh, yeah, and then we'll save the best for last. We'll let Jared go ahead and recast uh, after we're done. Sure, sure. Sounds good. Uh, well, I have five that I recast. I actually did Claudette. Uh, I did too. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven. You have seven. Well, why don't you start at the bottom of your list, and I'll chime in with my choices. I uh, I cast Chris R. Did you cast? Chris oh, I R? did not. I uh, I did. I did not. I did not. I did not. Oh, hi, Joe. <laughs> I uh, I cast Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, Playing a thug. And then, uh, did you recast Peter? I did not. Like Peter. I, all right, I cast David Wayne. Oh, oh, nice. Okay. So then you cast Claudette. I did do Claudette. Okay, go for it. I went with uh, Francis McDormand. That's good, From man. Fargo. I cast Betty White. Ah, uh, of course. I, I even told Jen, I was like, I need like a Betty White type character. And uh, what better person? Let's just do Betty White, Betty man. White's nicely done. Uh, who do you have next? I have Denny. Denny. Mm-hmm. Denny, Denny boy. I went, uh, I did uh, Joe Latrulio. Joe Latrulio. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, you have, a, have theme a theme here, don't you? I have a theme. I'm on to you, sir. Um... I went with uh, somebody who, because he's supposed to be the youngest person, uh-huh. right, in this film, and yet he's the oldest actor. <laughs> yeah. So I went with another actor who's old but perpetually looks young. I went with Seth Green. Nice. In this role. Very good. I he thought was, you were going to say Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, I could have done that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he does look like Leo. Uh, all right. Got so the butt cut. Do you want to you go with Lisa next? Uh, no, I, let's save uh, Lisa to uh, for the penultimate. Okay. <clears throat> so I went with Mark. Mark. Uh, so I was thinking Bradley Cooper. <gasps> Jenna's pick was uh, Bradley Cooper as well. Really? Yeah, well, I decided are... instead to go with Owen Wilson. Oh yes, because he fucking looks like <laughs> Owen Wilson, doesn't he? Yeah. I almost went with uh, the guy's name is Wyatt Russell, who is like the young Owen yeah, Wilson. Yeah, it's if Kurt see... Russell's son. Is he really? He was in twenty twenty two Jump Street. Yeah, he's in twenty two yeah, Jump it's Street. Kurt Russell's son. That Table Nineteen movie because um, he's named after Wyatt Earp. That oh, of course he is. Is that where wow. he was conceived? <laughs> yes, <laughs> doing Tombstone when on they the did set of, on the oh, set of no Tombstone way. Yeah, in the OK Corral. <laughs> I had no idea. Clue the set, Mister Russell needs a set. <laughs> when Kurt Russell was done, it was the fantastic Corral. Oh no. <laughs> 
He uh, definitely shot first there. So he, <laughs> <laughs> and there's your clip, by That's the way. For, uh, that is gold guest for host. best guest host of 2018. Uh, so I could have went with Wyatt Russell. I didn't think anybody knew who he was, uh, but now that you do, you uh, didn't know that you had glad. a huge Kurt Russell fan. But here. I went with uh, I went with Ashton Kutcher. How about in that role? <laughs> Somebody kind of plays a doofus, yeah. but yeah. you got the height. That'll work. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So now Lisa Lisa, Lisa um, was thinking originally mm-hmm. Amy Schumer. Ooh. Instead, <gasps> went with Amy Poehler. Oh, no. oh, of course, because of the theme that you're uh-huh. going with. My, I like it. My theme. I like it. Uh, well, I almost went with Alicia Cuthbert. But uh, love her. I, I love like her, her too. Maybe a little too much. Um, so I went with Anna Faris because I think uh, she she looks the part. Uh, and in my remake, we're going to lean a little into the comedy on this okay. one. I think. So. Yeah, me too. Anna Faris. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> clearly, you are. Uh, which leaves us uh, with Tommy. That's right. Uh, okay, I had four what? people, four four possible people. Yeah. That would have played Tommy Wiseau. So let me guess. Um, because you could have gone with what is that guy's name? Uh, who was on? Uh, oh shit! You better just tell me. Okay. Well, I was thinking someone who could play Tommy Wiseau, mm-hmm. someone who has a hard time pronouncing words, Steven Seagal. Uh, yeah. Could have done him. <laughs> then I thought maybe Jean Claude Van Damme. Also. Oh yeah. Uh, with the English language. Then there was a little something about Tommy Wiseau that made me think of Perfect Strangers and Bronson Pinchot. Ooh, nice. <laughs> But if it's going to fit my theme, yeah. I'm going to go with Ken Marino. Yeah, that's the guy's name. Thank you. I couldn't think of his name. This Perfect. Whole, this whole thing directed by David Wayne. Sure, Walter. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what do you got there? Uh, I went with, uh, and I can't take credit for this. Again, lovely Jenna came up with this one, but uh, it was spot on. Oh, hi, Jenna. Spot on. <laughs> uh, how about Adam Driver? Fucking Adam Driver. Hey, oh, my as God. Tommy Wiseau with the, get yes. the long hair, get the wig. Oh, He's already got great. like kind of that uh, that low energy, but he's intense. Oh, hi, Ray. Oh, <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, and as far as my director, I went with uh, Chris Columbus, somebody who's very... <laughs> what? Very, what? Because, because when you look at his, uh, his, his films, his oeuvre, if you will, um, he's very hit or miss. Uh, and he's got some, some dramas on there. Like when you, when you take him out of fantastical, you know, Harry Potter world uh-huh. uh, and forget about Home Love Alone, that place. which is kind of an anomaly. <laughs> um, he's got like Stepmom uh, and some very kind of like telenovela. Harry, Harry Potter. Soap, uh, soap opera like Yeah, films, no, you're right. Style of directing. You are right. So. See, I was, thought you were going with Home Alone considering it all happens in one home. Oh, there and, you go. And, there you go. Again, limited scope. Man, I'd love Home Alone if Macaulay Culkin shot himself in the head. At the oh. <laughs> that would be a much better yeah. film for me. Home Alone 5. He, just, he lives at Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> the, the body is Home Alone until the cops discover him five right. days after Christmas. Just now and a half of the body decomposed. That's right. Cats are eating him. You know. It's Cinema Verite, Joe. Cinema Verite to you. <laughs> All right, Jared, what do you got? Let's hear it. Take no, it home. Actually, I recast this twice, and I'm trying to decide. I did a, a theme, and I did a... a a normal Give us both. recast. Okay. So the normal one, I'm kind of, mm. you know, kind of happy with this. Okay, so I did nine on each. Wow. Because, so I'm, I'm at a disadvantage because I saw the Disaster Artist where they recast everybody, mm-hmm. saw The Room, and then I had to recast The Room with all of my friends. So this You've is already recast. Yeah, the fourth and fifth time this has been recast <laughs> for it. me. So uh, Chris R. would be Channing Tatum. Okay. <laughs> okay I like that. That's good. So Peter and Steven, since they were supposed to be the same guy, Peter would be Luke Wilson, yes. and then Steven would be Owen Wilson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> See Owen Wilson coming back on his list. It's that nose, dude. And then uh, so Michelle would be Casey Wilson. Love her. Happy she Endings. was in Disaster Artist. 
Was she, she was one, of the, one of the casting directors. Oh, God, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes. she's the one her, is there an accent? Is that an accent? That's right, I forgot and about her. And the question... <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so Mike would be Sean William Scott. Oh, yeah. very good. Uh, Claudine, or Claudette, is it Claudette or Claudine? I thought it was Claudette. Claudette. Okay, because in, in the other one, in my show, it's in the other one. Got it. Um, Alice and Janney, but I, Tanya Ooh. version of yes. Alice and Janney. Paired on the shoulder. But, yeah, um, who had... Uh, well, not Betty White. Uh, who did I you... did. Uh, who did I have? Oh, I did uh, Francis McDormand. Yeah, that was my my also. Ran also on ran. That one. Very good. Um, Denny. This is this is actually the one that kind of set off this list. It was Tom Holland. Ooh. Oh, Tom yeah. Holland. Yes, get Speederman to <laughs> climb up onto the roof. Um, <laughs> and then Mark was Ansel Elgort. Yes. There we go. Baby yeah. Driver. Yeah. Adam Driver. And to go with <laughs> with him, uh, Chloe Grace, Grace Moretz. Ooh, as uh, Lisa. Yeah, as Lisa. Nice. I could like, see didn't that. They just do a movie together called like November something December. Who's that? Tom Holland and T- the Chloe no, Grace uh, Moretz. Ansel Elgort and Chloe Grace Moretz. I'm oh. sorry, I didn't mean to no, bust no, no. you down. I'm trying to. I get autistic yeah. about this stuff though. When I'm like, oh wait, they did something together. I think it was Let's called like November. See. I thought the Criminals. only other thing he did was like the yep, November November Criminals 2017. Oh. Nicely oh. done, Joe. Thank nice. you. And then like so, Rain Man. <laughs> so Johnny, I was really torn on this one too. So I had Gary Oldman because uh, I think that holy he, shit, <laughs> I think he could really lean into that. Yes. But if he wasn't a little too old right now, Christopher Walken was who I was. Of course. Oh my god. <laughs> because I earlier. wanted to hear him do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I did not hit her. I <laughs> did not hit her. <laughs> Oh hi Mark! Oh hi Mark! Yeah, I could. Just, I had that rattling around in my <laughs> head perfect. all afternoon. All right. So then the other one is. I can't a, wait for your theme. It's a really obvious theme, but right. um, oh, and directing now would be Joss Whedon. But um, <laughs> I would love to see Joss Whedon take a crack at this script. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so the other one's clearly going to be just straight comedy. So mm. Chris R, I've got John Belushi. No. <laughs> Stephen, I've got Will Forte. Yeah. Uh, Peter, I've got Fred Armisen. Yes. Nice. Yes. Then Michelle and Mike, I've got Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader. Oh, my God. Claudine, I've got Jane Curtin. Oh, oh my gosh. Here we yeah. go. Uh, <laughs> Denny, I've got Chris Kattan. <laughs> I almost cast Chris Kattan as my Denny. That would have been great. Uh, Mark, I've got Taryn Killam. Yes. Uh, Lisa, Abby Elliott. Uh-huh. And, jo- and Johnny is Bill Murray. Oh Holy my god! Shit. I love that. Directed by Harold Ramis. Holy yes, shit. Bring some people Harold back Ramis. from the dead, but bring him back. Oh, I love that. Dude, Nicely done. Great work, guys. If you have any ideas on how you would recast the room, uh, or if you just have any thoughts about the room in general, I know we kind of glossed over a lot of it, but there's so much shit that doesn't make sense. It's hard to keep it straight. Uh, but if you have any thoughts about it, let us know. Go to our Facebook page uh, in the the search function. Put in the editing bay. That's going to bring up an image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Uh, click on that, and that's where you can go to talk back to us. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is editingbay.com. When you go there, you're going to find uh, all, all manner of things uh, Editing Bay related, uh, not the least of which is the aforementioned Facebook page. Also, our Twitter handle. Follow us on Twitter, at the Editing Bay. If you follow us, you'll always be the first to know what movies we'll be doing next. We announce them there, uh, along with this podcast. Uh, and also, we've got uh, photos of us. You can support the show. We've got some merch. You can buy a t-shirt to support the show. Uh, and again, a Find all things Editing Bay at EditingBay.com. Very cool. Thank you. Uh, Guys, leave us a rating and a review if you wouldn't mind on your uh, Apple device. Click on the podcast. It's probably what you're using to listen to this right now. Yeah. Uh, Just go to the uh, the Editing Bay thing, the little tab 
uh, <laughs> click on that. Nicely I said. Just, thank you very much. <laughs> it gets to about 10 o'clock at night, and I'm like, bleh, this bit. Uh, click on that, and uh, you can leave us a rating and a review. Five-star rating would be fantastic, and your review uh, would be uh, would be great. Let us know what you know about what you know what you like about the show, and uh, if you do have any criticisms, make it five star criticism. But, yeah, you know we can always improve, always grow the show. So uh, thank you for your help there. Um, all right, what are we doing next week, man? Well, this is my pick. We started the show talking about video games, um, and I was reminded well, we had our uh, Eddie Awards episode a few weeks mm-hmm. back, where we uh, talked about the best of 2017. Listen to our Eddie Awards episode from a couple of weeks back, and one of the nominees for best duo was uh, Adam Sandler. And uh, Kevin James as Mario and Luigi in the Super Mario Brothers movie. I still stand by that. I thought that was inspired. I liked it. Uh, I can't remember if that won or not. It should have. No, it sure won in my heart, Joe. Oh, thank you. But it you. also got me thinking, uh, wow, uh, Adam Sandler and Kevin James and video games, th- three great tastes that taste great together, maybe, question mark? <laughs> uh, and then I realized, oh, they already did a movie about video games called Pixels in 2015. That's right. Which I have not seen and I learned recently, you have not seen nope, either. Yeah, I haven't seen it, man. Well, Joe, this is the time. This is the place. We're going to talk about some pixels on next week's episode. How about oh, that? Man, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage is in it. We got Michelle Monaghan. Who else? Josh Gad. Oh, that's Brian fun. Cox. How about that? Sean Bean. I'm sure he'll die soon. <laughs> Probably in the first day. <laughs> at some point. Dan Aykroyd. Jane Krakowski. Look at that cast of thousands. Wow. <laughs> cast of thousands. <laughs> or half a dozen. Cast and crew. Uh, all right. So uh, is this on any streaming services? Well, it is on Amazon for uh, $2.99. I can tell you that right <laughs> okay, now. By looking well, at IMDb. Looks but, like uh, I'm going by actually, you know what? trading company. Uh, FX has been rerunning this. So if you can... Uh, Check your TV guide. Consult your local TV guide. TV guide. Catch it before. <laughs> is, that, is that still a thing? This is 1999 calling. Yeah. Well, so if you want Lost Boys, don't have a TV. You got a TV guide. <laughs> you want to watch it for free. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to pay for it, Joe. <laughs> Ask ass or grass. <laughs> uh, I had to teach Sarah about that phrase. She had no idea what that was. Oh yeah. We were talking about like driving on the road and whatever. And I was mm-hmm. like, you want to take you take a ride on this tr- on this train. Ask ass or grass. She's like, what is that? What are you talking Three about? Three forms of I'm payment. Like, that's that's how you pay. No one rides for free. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, that's what people used to say. No one rides for free. Ask ass or grass. She's like, what are you? Ta-? I was like, when people hitchhike. She's like, oh, you left that part out. She's like, I thought you meant like people just said that when they were going to fucking going to the restaurant and stuff. And I was like, no. <laughs> uh, and how will be you? You'll be selling your bill tonight, sir. <laughs> As cash. Uh, I'll be paying in grass. That's, that's how I'm gonna pay it. We accept. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Jared, thank you so much. Yeah. Man. And again, congrats on your show, guys. Go see it. Give us another plug. So it's the roof, a loving parody of the room, playing at Pocket Sandwich Theater. Uh, January 19th and 20th, doors open at 1045. Uh, reservations at pocketsandwich.com, or you can come up to the door and we'll see my smiling face and I'll let you in myself. There you go. Can't wait for it, man. Looking yeah. forward to it. It's Thanks a lot. Fun. This was fun, guys. Jeff, thank you, sir. Ugh. Joel, always a pleasure. The pleasure's all mine. We'll see you guys next week for Pixels. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.